the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, welcome to the Holding the Ball podcast again, episode 55 now. This is week two of our sort of draft discussion after we spoke to Jake and Riley last last week. Uh, this week we're going to talk about a few things. Lots happening uh, in, in the, the post-season world in the lead up to the uh, the draft. And uh, we once again, we're thrilled to have uh, have Silv Lombardi with us, uh, you know, um, well, expert at all things footy clubs and uh, young talent and all that sort of stuff. Come, mate, you love it when Being we pump it. Being very generous, uh, Bomber, about expert. But uh, look, it, that's the beauty of footy, isn't it? We've all got an opinion and we can all be Monday's experts, which is uh, why we love the footy. So we will love having a look at your top 20 a bit later on. So you put a bit of work into that. Yeah, look, uh, Bomber, I, I'm a bit biased. <laughs> I, I like the WA kids, so yeah. I. I push oh. them into the top 20 as much as I can. Yep, but, uh, fair enough. That, and there's a few. There's a lot of talent there up there. There is a few, absolutely. So um, I think it's going to be a very interesting draft. Obviously, the top end is is uh, you know pretty much we, we know one and two. We, we hear of Anderson and Rao, but um, look, watch out for some of the WA kids. I did like, um, and I think I mentioned this on a, on a previous podcast, when Ben King was interviewed on – Trade radio, uh, pretty much saying, Yeah, it'd be great playing with Raoul and Anderson. So, pretty much just said, Yep, they're going to go one and two. It's all about the rest of the draft from here. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I think so, Bomber. I think uh, I think a lot of clubs see it that way. Um, I don't think there's going to be any surprises with one and two high quality top end midfielders, best talent. You, you take best talent probably over needs at, at the start of a draft. So, Gold Coast. You're, sound, you're sounding like a list manager. So just settle down I'll over settle there. Settle down over there. Get, get carried away, <laughs> get Bomber, carried after away. that intro. Very good. Uh, yeah, well, uh, so let's get into it. What are we? What, what's on the agenda? All right, so we're going to go with uh, – talk about some of these mid-season draftees that were uh, sort of delisted. Yeah, interesting one. So the mid-season draftees get a six-year contract, so I've heard. So Josh DeLuca was an interesting case study. Six-year contract. Six months. Right? Sorry, you know, six Jeez. months. I was going to say, you've got to be paid out a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Big payout. Uh, yeah, um, Ross Lyons' uh, payout uh, pales in comparison to what Josh DeLuca's getting. Um, so Josh DeLuca, interesting case study, played the last six games of the season for Carlton and has been delisted. And he may, he's may he been invited to go back and train and all that stuff, but that doesn't... So maybe rookie, rookie listed next year or something? Yeah, I don't know if, if that's... Is that what the? I don't know if that's what the system came in for. That's my query. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. The mid-season draft. Um, well, where, where do you go? A kid like Josh DeLuca, dominating at waffle level, gets the opportunity. Fantastic for him. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a win for for him personally. I suppose the the, the flip side of that is uh, probably at the waffle club level. They've had yeah, a loss absolutely, mid-year. Yeah. Yep. Plans towards a premiership, you know, Marlon Pickett, these sorts of players, things happen. Yep. Um, well, he's the fairy tale, isn't he? He's it? the fairy tale. He's the good, good, good news story of uh, of 2019 in the AFL. But um, yeah, look, it's interesting. I, I suppose you know, kids are, are leaving, and, and you think of kids. Josh, 23 now, yep. around that sort of age. So Josh having to just sort of leave his job midway through a year, get over there, um, live the life of professional footballer and I'm sure he'd have no problems with that but it is quite a big move and I don't know um, I think that there's obviously the top up 
uh, that's the whole idea of it. Yeah. Top up uh, long-term injuries gives clubs that opportunity to add depth. And the fact that some of these kids get to play, it's probably proven to be successful mm. on that front. However, there are it's the other side of that yeah. bomber. So, what's the ideal? What what what's the ideal uh, contract? What what would we like to see these guys get? As a well, contract? I think six months is a bit of a joke. If if the plan is just to help them for for six months and then uh, sort of send them on their way, uh, that's a bit of a joke. I think they should probably be given a couple of years, like the uh, the draftees get. Yeah, I'd like to see a, a, a six-month is, is really not ideal for anyone, uprooting them and uh, giving them that little bit of a taste. And I don't think any of the, the boys who are going to get there in the six-month period, I don't think clubs really think that they're going to have a massive impact anyway. They are there as a depth player, a backup player. The fact that they etch out games is is fantastic and a great story. I would also like to see them almost guaranteed a rookie list. Yep. 18 months. 18-month contract, Correct. guarantee them the next season. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I think one we saw was Ryan Gardner. Is that his name? The one who played for the Bulldogs in their f- first game after the draft here against West Coast. That's right, yeah. And he finds himself, I think he's either hoping to get a contract or... Yeah, on yeah, the outer. On the outer. And another one was, was Cody Hurst, who was picked up by Sydney, and they reckon he was going to go top 50 of the draft. And now because he hasn't, he t- couldn't crack into the Sydney side... Um, and, and has been delisted, there's, um, you know, there's that side of it, which I don't know. I mean, I guess the AFL probably did think of it, but mm. what do you reckon about Cody? Do you reckon he'll get picked up? Look, um, interesting. I think he probably deserves that chance. However, you think about the club, they, they've got the big picture. We'll get in early. Is it used for the right reasons? Possibly not. They've, they've had an early look at him. They've put him under the pressure of an AFL training regime, uh, put him in the in the you know the Sydney Swans, the environment has has come up short, obviously in their eyes. So it's it's given a club a a, a look at them. Um, whether the kid now is is tarred with that brush, or whether people overlook that and go. He's still got plenty to offer based on what he's done. I, I hope that's the case. And I think that's the the sticking point with this mid-season draft is, is these stories. Mm. All right. What about some of these delisted free agents that are floating around? Uh, guys yeah. like Sam Gray, I think, was one we talked about. Well, Sam and, Gray um, looks to be so port of oh, – you know, Sam Gray is fascinating. I understand how he became – Average 17 disposals this year for yeah. Port and kicked 20 goals. Um that's 20 goals, right. that was the magic that's, number that we were talking about at the beginning Bombers of the year. magic number. Mm. Uh, West six Coast over 20 had goals. six over 20 goals in 2018. I didn't look this year because I didn't care no. about Richmond <laughs> and the Giants. Um, and, uh, but, uh, and I was sailing through Europe at the time. But um, Sam Gray, to get him for nothing, he yeah. seems like, it looks like Sydney have replaced Menzel with Gray, mm. um, which I think is an upgrade. Yeah. Um, but Port, yeah, I don't know what, what Port are doing. Most I know they've got a lot of young Gray. kids in there. Uh, Port have got, you know, uh, what's his name? Rosie. My man. <laughs> Connor Rosie. He's my man. Yeah, well, look, they've got uh, young kids like um, – that they do have a, a number of these types of players. But, again, I, I agree with you, Sam Gray. It's a top-end small forward. For nothing. Um, probably yeah, creativity and his goal sense is all there as a small forward. Defensively, they may be looking at something a little bit different. Um, and, again – They've got these young kids on their list and they, they do have to turn over. Um, salary cap uh, comes into play as well. How many of these players can you keep um, at your club and um, satisfy that? But 
someone who's going to pick up a Sam Gray, it's an absolute bargain. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of other ones that have gone. So Caden Brand from the, the, the Hawks has also gone up to Sydney and he managed five games, so obviously wanting more opportunity. And the talk that uh, Michael Hartley to the Hawks from Essendon, again, only managed three games because he's not getting up getting a game ahead of, you know, guys like Hooker, Hurley. So perhaps more opportunity there. Yeah, Hartley was an interesting one. Again, a mature ager who was picked up a few years ago through the VFL system. Um, obviously filled a, a, a niche at the time for the for the Bombers. And when you get Hurley and these blokes back in, where does he fit? Um, is he, again, a depth player at the club or does he get on a list and start playing in their best 22? Yeah, it will be interesting. And the big one for me... Uh, uh, along with Sam Gray, probably Jack Nunes. So he was delisted by the Saints. And we know the Saints, and this this is where you're talking, Silver, about uh, salary cap space. They obviously bought in a lot in the trade period. Um, probably saw Jack Nunes as being surplus to what they need. He played 20 games this year, 17 touches. He averaged five score involvements a game. And we talked about score involvements, Mike, a lot this year. We did, yeah. And so did Carlton he play across half-back or uh, wing maybe or something like that? Is mm. So he's just maybe Brad Hill's taken his, his spot or something like that. But, yeah, good, good get for the Blues. Oh, well, hopefully, Bomber. That'd be great for the, the mighty Blues. But, um, <laughs> but look, uh, yeah, Jack Nunes, interesting. St Kilda, I think, did really well in the trade period. Um, I think they are the biggest winners. I think they've gone hard to go, we want a premiership window here and their selections and they were quite aggressive with things. So unfortunately, again, when you when you do go um, bigger after some big fish out there, you're, you're going to have to give something. And I think Jack Nunes is, is that story. Well, Josh Bruce was the other one, wasn't it? That, to the uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, went to the Bulldogs and yeah. Made some, some room. I think it was on a decent contract. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, the and thing Stephen. With, and Stephen, Jack Stephen. So yep. these sorts of guys are quality players that, that have needed to be replaced. And I think they've done that. I think they've got some real quality. And again, that turnover of your list, you've got to always think of, you know, what are we here for with this list? It's to win a premiership. And your window's short. Mm. And I think Port Adelaide tried the money ball, and it was in today's West Australian, the money ball um, theory. But, you know, trying to get those fringe players yeah, from did. other clubs didn't work. Um but it's not to say it doesn't. And then they had a terrific draft though the other year with Dersma and Rosie and Butters. Yeah, uh, they've got high draft picks this year, and they've got the high draft picks this year. Well, they've traded in a couple of high draft picks. So, uh, when we've segued beautifully into the draft, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, into the trade period, because uh, uh, Mike and I obviously talked about it at length and spoke about our great, uh, I guess, listenership uh, for that episode, but. Uh, Silv, one of your thoughts, obviously we just mentioned St Kilda. Who do you think were the big winners and losers of the trade period? Yeah, look, for me, uh, like I said, St Kilda did very well. Um, I think the Bulldogs got a couple of things that they needed, like in Josh Bruce, um, Alex Keith, who's a very good defender. And I think this year showed, I think he's um, going to keep developing into a, a top-class uh, key defender. So I like what they're doing. They're, they're chasing, I think, Sam Gray, a Jack Martin type. So I think the Bulldogs, based on what they've got, have, have done very well. Um, probably for me, I'm I, I, a, bit, a bit disappointed to see the number of players leaving the Adelaide Crows. I think they're probably the team that um, is probably going to undergo the biggest change. Um, 
with their with their picks and selections and and the upcoming draft. So to lose the likes of uh, Jenkins, Betts, McGovern previously, Keith, we just mentioned Greenwood, Jacobs, it just keeps going. It's, it's quite a big list it's a of big exodus, quality players. So um, yeah, look, uh, I think the Crows have uh, probably had a bit of a hard hit, but again. Did they need it? Probably. Yeah, and like the Saints, I guess the Crows are, are I mean, new coach for both of them, uh, probably undergoing uh, a big uh, big change. Um, and, the, and the Bulldogs, many tipping them next year, top four or bust for them. They reckon it's a big, the time is now for the Dogs. Well, we sort of talked about that, I think, uh, that the Dogs' midfield was just awesome, absolutely awesome, the players that they've got in there. Um, obviously, English up-and-coming Ruckman, um, but they needed some guys at either end and they've gone off and got those and a scary proposition, I think, uh, this season. Oh, I have to agree. And and the, the age of that group too, I mean, they were young when they won a premiership with their um, their youthful midfield at the time. So I think we're looking at those sort of players heading towards 26, 27, probably in the prime of their career. So I think the Bulldogs are certainly a team to be reckoned with in 2020. I reckon that uh, for some reason everyone's talking up the Bombers. Like Bombers top four. I, I don't – personally, I don't see it. Uh, and I'm really staggered at Mitch Brown's delisting, given the fact that Danaher can't stay fit. Um, where do you where do you see the Bombers at? Because he's yeah. been – they've been – I mean, well, you know, everyone picks the ladder in November or in October after the trade period. Uh, yeah, what do you reckon about the Bombers? Very exciting team. I think the Bombers play a real exciting brand. Um, you know, their runoff halfback, their creativity with the guys like a Adam Saad, who's happy to run and carry the footy. Guys like Devin Smith when he's fit, um, giving that real midfield grunt. And, and um, they've just got some exciting players. Um, and to keep Joe, um, it's an interesting one because Joe Danaher leaving – different proposition. Joe Danaher staying, you've got one of the, the best key forwards going around. Um, so, look, I, I'm a bit optimistic with the, the Bombers. I, I think they're sort of uh, certainly uh, that around the, the eight mark. So, getting the finals, you yeah. never know what happens. I think that they are. They're yeah, pushing for the eight, but I don't think that they can get too much further than that. And, you know, I think we saw it. They got hammered by the Eagles in the first week of the finals, didn't they, this year? Um, I just don't think they've got the same quality and depth that the other teams in the top eight have. Uh, and so they've just sort of, if they make it, they're just making up the numbers. Mm. It could be the case. Richmond, I suppose, is a team that I, <laughs> we all look at and we go, wow. And their list and to keep their players Beautifully there, it's balanced. Be, yeah, it? it's going to be the, the battle for them is how do you keep them. But I think their culture... Their um their leadership and and the players want to be there and that's yeah. very evident uh, and success is coming with yeah. that and uh, obviously we wouldn't be uh, would be remiss of us not to just touch on the WA clubs uh, how did you how do you see their fortune so Frio um, obviously the Brad Hill exit was the big talking point um, as Mike rolls his eyes across across the bar here they did bring in some reinforcements uh, I think they they got in some good picks and got in Acres and Aish. Correct. How do you see uh, for them? Yeah, look, Langdon as well is the other one. So Langdon and Hill uh, to both depart the Dockers is 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 big. But you look at that and you go, well, Acres, uh, he's quite a big-bodied mid. Um, not going to have as much dash as those other boys, but can push forward, can push back. Um, elite 
runner. So I think you're going to get the endurance with, with a kid like him and he's going to be there all day giving his best and can play as a tall mid. Um, and Aish is, is, I think, a quality pick. So I, I think they've done okay with like-for-like replacements and of course their draft picks they've got some really good draft picks coming up and their NGA Academy who we'll get to a bit later on Liam Henry um, absolute genius so I think there's some good things coming for the Dockers. Yeah I'm hoping that they are able to pick up the three uh, West Australians that everyone's talking about but I reckon I don't know. there's about six they could pick, Mike, that yeah. uh, you'd be happy with, yeah. Okay. I think there's a few. Maybe you'll talk me into some <laughs> of the I'll others. I'll talk you into some as we go. All right, and the big one, the big one that I'm really excited about as an Eagles fan, Tim Kelly. What difference is he going to make for the Eagles in 2020? Wow, look, you, you look at Tim and you know, as, a, <laughs> as a recruiter, we, we've watched him for years and he was an interesting one. Everyone was sort of saying, oh, he's just going to be a really good waffle player. Well, I think Tim's proven he, he's, <laughs> he's just a, a bit better than that. It's um, very rarely that you that you see a top a bloke that finished f- fifth in the Brownlow change clubs, isn't it? Yeah, but look, it, there's the reasons and it's been well documented for years since he pretty much moved there. The family pool and the family ties and we get it and I think Geelong get it as well and the the best thing about this is Tim Kelly's welfare has been looked after and West Coast really people will say well they've paid overs now two years later well you know what you've got a quality footballer top five Brownlow um, it's all good mid-20s perfect all up upside yep. mm. um, and I wouldn't it'd be remiss of me not to ask before we move on to uh, to this year's draft one more I know you your beloved Navy Blues missed out on a couple of Big, biggish fish, Jack Martin, and who was the other one? It was Papley. Um, as Mike just unplugs himself there, it's going a bit nuts here. But uh, what do you reckon of the? What do you make of the Blues in the in the trade period? Look, I think you, you saw at stages last year that they've been on a development process for a number of years now. I think David Teague's the right man, uh, a real connector with players, relationship building, his focus, and I think he's going to get the best out of what he's got. Um, Look, I think, again, that the youth they've got, the Charlie Kernos, the Paddy Cripps, and these, these guys are, are young, amazing, talented footballers and and they've got the, the speed they've got, you know, the Zach Fishers and these sorts of players that are running around. So I think the Blues are in a, a good position and, of course, the great man's back, Eddie Betts. <laughs> <laughs> so the world's different when Eddie's around uh, Icon Park. Or <laughs> well, he was supposed to be teaching these young small forwards uh you know a bit of forward craft and uh they didn't end up getting the small forwards so. well they don't need it if they've got eddie they don't need it yet. that's for next year mike that's for next year so the blues are in a good position hopefully so we'll see how things pan out in 2020 but very hopeful and um encouraged by what they've they've got there at the moment all right, so we might uh, have a quick break and then we'll go into some of the WA uh, draft prospects uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to No, let's about. roll. Let's roll into the draft. Uh, yeah, it looks, let's look at all these great WA kids after we had such an awesome carnival this year. Let's do it. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right, so we're going to have a chat about some of the top WA draft prospects for this year and... Uh, it sucks being an Eagles fan at this point because we gave away all our picks. I mean, happy we got Tim Kelly, but it's not really, you know, it'd be, it's, I mean, Freo will talk about them and, you know, when, when Silv launches into his top 20 and all the hopefuls that I know you've been talking about, Mike. Yeah, well, as a Freo fan, this is sort of the, you know, the most we can get excited about in the year. So um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm really looking forward to this part. Um, so, Silv, who have we got as WA, you know, footy lovers? 
to be excited about in the uh, the upcoming draft. Sure, we'll start with uh, Luke Jackson. So, look, uh, Ruckman, who has a, a, a basketball background, um, but has come in and come on in leaps and bounds, and everyone's sort of hopping on board going, well, is he a top 10 prospect now? Well, he seems to have jumped up everyone's draft list of late. Like they were talking mid-teens and now they're talking like top five, like they're talking yep, absolutely. big picks. Yep, and I, I, I would agree. I think, um, you know, these these big guys that come come to, to play, very hard to find. And I think the last kid that was sort of as athletic um, and moved as well was Tim English. Um, and I saw a lot of um, – the mobile midfield type follow-up there, Boar Ruckman in a Tim English that I'm seeing with with Luke, um, ultra competitive. Um, for a big bloke to be competitive and follow up his work and hunt the football, it's like you've got that fifth midfield. You, you'd love Dean Cox from the from the day, Bomber, and um, it's almost that sort of Ruckman's the ideal that we all search for and Luke's got some of those qualities. So I think he's probably the number one pick from WA and certainly would be in conversations for those clubs high up the order. So do we think he's getting to pick seven or not? No, mate, I'm sorry <laughs> to say, I think uh, <laughs> I think you look around and yeah, you look at a team like Adelaide who have lost Jacobs and um, I think they're in sort of a good position. But again, there's some real quality midfield talent. Mm. out there that I'm sure they'll be uh, interested in as well. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. If he gets out to seven, I think, um, yeah, someone like the Dockers is a, a really good fit. All right, well, who's Keep the next on. best WA bloke in the in the draft? Is it Robertson? Yeah, I yep. think uh, Dev Robertson from Perth. Um, just a, an incredible um, work ethic. Um, he's got great leadership, so you're getting a quality young man. Um, and obviously um, the nephew of the great Darren Glass. So there's a bit of a genetic link there with, with quality and also quality person, I think, um, in that Glassy obviously uh, led the Eagles at a crucial moment in their their journey. So I think Devon, um, just a real hard nut, tough competitive um, player, sort of, again, I would see him close to around – the top 10, top 15, um, I'd be okay. surprised if he gets out further than that. And then again, another good pick potentially for the Dockers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hope that he comes in at maybe 10 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're the best two prospects for the for the draft. And then, then you've got your um, sort of next tier from WA. And it's very hard to separate some of these kids because they've got attributes that will excite. Um, I'll probably jump to Liam Henry. Uh, and, of course, the Dockers as a, a next-generation academy player, they've put a lot of work into to Liam. Um, again, uh, just his uh, footy nous, um, the footy IQ of a kid that can find the footy um, and do things with it that other people can't. Mm. Um, and he's a, an elite kick. His inside 50 hitting up a, a forward target will be an absolute pleasure to watch in the years to come. I think he's a real excitement machine. would like to see him hit the scoreboard a little more as that small forward, but he tends to get up the ground a little bit. If he can build his tank, he might have little spurts in the mid, a bit like a Michael Walters sort of player. Yeah, well, so I think Willie Rioli sort of what I'm thinking of at the moment is seems like more of a guy that's the one kicking it in the 50 to the, to the forward maybe uh, as um, opposed to the one kicking the goals on the end of it. So yeah, yeah. maybe something similar to Absolutely. that. Absolutely, but but to add that 
that bow of, of being able to hit the scoreboard as a small forward be pretty um, pretty exciting. And and again, that defensive pressure, he, he's not afraid to, to lay a hard tackle. So I think there's some good things coming for, for Liam Henry. Um, probably the, the next kid, um, East Fremantle, we've got a, got a few, but Jeremy Sharp is one that um, has been a bit of a mixed bag around the recruiting group. Um, obviously, uh, there's there's all good things about players. There's, there's knocks on players. But Jeremy, I think, has a lot of good attributes of a um, probably an outside mid. Uh, he's very good overhead, very clean with, with his ball take, a very important attribute. Um, probably people will knock his kicking at times. But that's why they're not in that elite sort of top 15, top 20. Yeah. Probably second round. Is this where you're seeing guys well, like Sharp go? Yeah, I do. I do. And I, I, it's sort of interesting because so many things you look at it with a player. Yeah, it's the skill. It's everything. But then there's also the the attitude, the character that they bring. So some of those things that we're hearing about players sometimes plays on the mind. Not to say that's the case with Jeremy, but that can play on the mind. But what's he like as a, as a kid? And that's where the interview process is really important, getting to know the family and things like that. So an outside mid. Who needs an outside mid? Uh, someone like... <laughs> Yeah, well, the Dockers could do with some wingmen. So um, if, if that's his position, maybe uh, they can go for him a bit later on. I'm not sure what picks we've got later on, actually. but Yeah, good East Fremantle product. So would, would uh, certainly enjoy the area. And another one from Perth is probably Elijah Taylor. And he is a real X factor. Um, a kid who can turn a game in, in a matter of minutes, can be quiet and suddenly have three touches and the game's changed because um, Elijah's been involved. So um, incredible. It's um, a small forward, is that right? No, he plays uh, sort of a, a third tall forward, mm-hmm. plays as a high f- half forward, um, sort of can jump at the ball and as he jumps, he's sort of one of those kids who sort of seems to hang in the air, uh, a bit like an Air Jordan sort of yeah, leap right. him. Yeah, So you'll see some excitement uh, with what he could potentially be. Um, so do you reckon the, the Dockers would just – looking at they've got pick 22 as well they got for Ed Langdon you know I mean they could they could almost get a oh, but I mean uh, they'll probably take Henry that might be wrapped up in a Henry deal if that that comes they could come with a fairly good uh, mixture of WA talent yeah well I was hoping they'd be able to get those top three guys but if uh, Jackson's gone up the list that far <laughs> then it's uh, it's going to be quite difficult um, but obviously if the Henry if a Henry bid comes in after the 10, then they'd be quite happy to uh, to match that, Part I think. That 22. Part of 22. We'll go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, gee, are we expecting all these guys to go within the top 30 or what are we What are we talking here? Yeah, my thoughts are top 30 for those those five. Um, Sharp, Taylor, Henry, Robertson, Jackson. Another one I'm hearing a bit about is Trent Rivers. Is he yes. around the mark? Yeah, absolutely. Trent Rivers, um, Mitch Georgiades. There's, there's a few others probably floating around that that area. Um, just on Trent, uh, very composed halfback. Um, and I know there's a lot of clubs out there that like Trent, what he offers. Any um, relation to Jared? Jared former Rivers. Mel- Melbourne defender? No, I don't believe so. Because he was a WA boy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we can Jared always Rivers. check that Sorry, out. Sorry, I've just sprung that on you. Part of your uh, <laughs> I do know my stuff, Bomb. I don't, I don't know everything. If you can know all the family trees, I'll please as well, out, you can yeah. sort that out. That, that's, see, <laughs> there's my fault. There you go. Um, look, and, and a kid like him is, um, again, those composed halfbacks who can use the footy pretty well. Um, not, a, not elite with speed, um, not elite with endurance, but that'll – 
things will come along with with exposure, but he is that sort of composed halfback, defence first, starting positions are really good, and then he provides a bit of rebound and and just surety. And I think that's so important, that composure at at AFL level, and he's competitive enough to to survive. Um, The other one I did mention, Mitch Georgiati, is a a half forward, um, injured himself. Uh, was was out for the year, so didn't get to, to run around this year after a, a reconstruction. So I um, believe it was shoulder from memory. So we, we've seen a, a kid not get um, games into himself but did attend the draft, which shows that there is interest mm. from clubs. And the son of uh, of uh, John Georgiades, who made it maybe Subiaco and then a few games at West Coast, I believe, number nine. Oh, early days. Early, early days. days. Before your time. Before Bob, my mate. time. Maybe in the in the mid to late 80s. So yeah, wow. there is a bit of a and, – and actually played a few games at the Bulldogs, it was, Western Bulldogs. There you go. So um, Mitch Georgiades is a bit of a smoky, those unknown injured players that you've got to keep an eye on. So we've got seven WA prospects there that are looking at going early. So a lot to get excited about, and I guess you'd expect that uh, with the quality. Now um, – I've got two, two Oh, you got two more. Go. Just one, two more. Go, go, go. Keep I've going. I've got a bit of a smoky that started off the year, and a 19-year-old ruckman from Claremont, kid called Callum Jamison. Very interesting um, prospect. He and he, he's actually – Ruckman are like gold as well, really. Ruckman good like ruckman. gold. And, and there are times where I've seen him and Jackson play against each other um, on the same team, and I've thought, geez, he's just as good. Um, mm. So I think Callum's got some some upside. I think there's plenty of development to come. He's a bit of a smoky and one to watch. And if he's snuck into the towards that top thirty, the end back end of that, it wouldn't surprise me uh, for if a club's needs is a potential top quality developing ruckman. The other one was, um, of course, uh, Riley Garcia, who injured himself. Yeah, that was my next question. Where do you think our boys from last week's uh, podcast might yeah. feature? So how do you how do you see them going? Yeah, look, Riley, I think, um, firstly, just he he's probably just ahead of Jake in terms of the pecking order, in terms of um, what he's been able to achieve so far, um, the way he's conducted himself post-injury, um, highly professional, and, and clubs are, are very pleased with the interview process that they've had with him. He's, he's been impressive. The family's impressive. Um, they're getting a high-quality kid, but he's got those little sharp movements and um, as a player as well. And I think of the Luke Delhouse of the world, um, yeah, very good. So th- there's that small forward role um, with, with the ability to go into midfield. He, he can get himself out of tight situations, which I think is a very high-quality trait. All right. And what – because he obviously he's done his knee and there's a number of players that are sort of in the top 20 or 30 that have injury concerns. How much does that sort of impact their position in the draft, do you think? Yeah, look, that's a very good question. Club, clubs will back their themselves in at this level. Obviously, um, there's history to say that kids do recover from knee recons if they're doing all the right things. Well, you've seen some teams like um, Hawthorne taking a punt on Jago Mira and yep. getting him right. And then we saw Tom Scaly, Tom Scaly, Tom Scaly, what am I doing? Uh, in recently this year, you know, got him for next to nothing and Jonathan Patton they've got, you know, recently. Um, so, and then Sydney backing himself if they got Danaher. So, yep. 
um, clubs do back themselves. Yeah, high risk, high reward. Another one is Jake um, Lever, who the Crows picked up off a knee injury, and they put him through the rigors towards um, draft time. He did a triathlon about two weeks before the draft and was amazing with his athletic traits. So I think if you do your homework with kids as 17-year-olds as well as part of your recruiting process, and that's what clubs do now, they do focus on those bottom ages a lot from 16, 17 Make sure you're tracking them because if they do get injured, you want to know what you're getting. So O'Reilly Garcia, from that perspective, I don't think there's going to be any trouble or problem. Does he blow out a little bit? Potentially they might, you know, knowing that clubs might not have um, banked on him being as early as maybe what he was. He certainly came into calculations with his carnival as as a mover. Um, and I think um, he'll be a bargain pickup whenever he goes. So I think if he's outside the 30, which could potentially be the case. And, and finally, Jake? Jake's, uh, you know, that tall defender, it's sort of, um, he's played as a key defender all year. Um, his, his height, some clubs will argue you need to be 196, 197. Got to remember they're playing on <laughs> these big blokes like the Tommy Hawkins of the world and they're big boys. So, um, but Jake's got a lot of good attributes and I think like he said, um, that, that getting a bit more of the footy, uh, moving a bit higher up the ground, being a bit more attacking in his, his style of play, those intercept marks, which we know he can do, just take a few more. Um, so look, Jake, for me, I think, uh, again, probably somewhere after pick 40 onwards um, gets considered and I'd be surprised if he if he doesn't get picked up late that he's a rookie-listed player. Yep, and that, and that where it might be where, you know, West Coast or some of their late picks might come into, into calculations perhaps with so much good WA talent there. It's exciting. Yeah, and I think it's a needs a club needs basis. So, you know, I think someone like Jake is a, a Will Schofield type at the Eagles. So if the Eagles are going, well, where's he fit? Josh Rotham, these sorts of players. Well, Jake's probably a similar sort of player. Um, and they f- fill their roles at clubs. And I think um, Jake is certainly capable of, of being on an AFL list. I have no doubt about that. Um, so hopefully clubs do look, um, look kindly upon that. Does it get to a point in the draft then where clubs go, well, it's not about who's the best player, it's about what we need all of a sudden. Because obviously at the start you're just going, best player, he's going to be here hopefully for five, ten years, play 200 games, that's what we want. We're not worried about the next couple of years. Yeah. But then later on you start to think, well, we're lacking tall defenders, we've got to pick up a couple of tall defenders or, or whatever. Yeah, it probably becomes a bit of a combination of both. I think those top ten or maybe even the first round picks you are going – pretty much on talent but if a club is desperate for a a size player um, and there's a good quality one out there I think that player suddenly comes into calculation so early on definitely you go on on talent first but um, a needs needs to always be considered and and I think that's why the trade period's so important these days that you can go for best talent in a in a draft and hopefully use the trade period to start getting some of those needs in and ready to go type of players. Beauty. Oh, well, that's uh, oh, gee whiz, a lot to get excited wow. about for for WA in the uh, in the draft. And now I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, mm. in, in looking at Lombardi, and I know uh, we've had a bit of uh, input as well from uh, from Jace Cornelia, um as well, and uh, another lot of intel into the the young kids coming through the draft. So we'll have a short break, eh? and we'll come back with uh, our predicted top twenty for the 20. national draft. Yep. This is holding the ball. The podcast. 
All right, we're back and we're going to go through our sort of top 20 and we'll go through the teams as well and sort of see what maybe they're thinking about who they might be picking up. Um, so we'll start off with the complete obvious and uh, go to Gold Coast priority pick, number one, and then obviously they've got second pick as well and I don't think there's any uh, surprises here. I, I assume you're the same as everybody else in the country. Well, let's throw Luke Jackson. No, 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 let's, uh, <laughs> let's be serious. Look, Matt Rowell. Uh, obviously been a, a standout all year um, at the national level. And, and again, I think at, at grand final day um, for the underage comp in, in Victoria, he was just outstanding. 44 disposals, um, quite a cr- incredible. And in the third quarter, he kicked his two goals. So I think we saw um, what he does on that day, but that's been pretty consistent all year. Um, so Rao certainly the the one his endurance his strength he's got this natural footy IQ the sort of um, powerful mid that's going to um, yeah drive a club's midfield for a number of years with what he's got. Well, let's hope he stays at the Gold Coast and they sort of. Uh <laughs> Get off the bottom of the ladder there uh, a little bit with these guys. And obviously number two. Yeah, Noah Anderson, um, very, very talented. He's a bit taller, so he's a, a taller mid. Um, only only uh, probably if, if Rao wasn't in this draft, he'd obviously be the, the number one pick. He's a very consistent midfielder, probably a bit more of a game changer. So he's got that ability where he's, he can have quiet periods, but he can bob up and, and turn games. Um, and his running's elite, um, very uh, hard to find an elite sp- uh, speed elite speed person, a player, as well as their elite endurance. And he probably comes with that combo where he's got the uh, the wheels to go and also um, can, can go the distance, which is a pretty unique um, combination for a, a top quality midfielder. It is, absolutely. Um, so then we move to where it gets interesting. Pick three is uh, Melbourne. And there's a number of ways that this could go, but um, who's the next best player, do we think? There's a lot of arguments here, and you look at someone like a Tom Green, who's GWS Academy, and um, I know that the the Crows are pretty keen, Sydney's pretty keen, and they've got picks before GWS, and then do you go Melbourne? Well, what do they need, and and what's the best talent? This is that real difficult decision. For me at three, I think um, Tom Green is probably the one I would go. Um... Uh, he, he's tall, he's, um, he's consistent, he's athletic, and he's a ball winner. Kids who can win their own footy. Um, Been compared to Patrick Cripps, I heard. Yeah, um, in terms of size too, like he's 191, so he's got that, that bit of height. Um, and those big body inside mids are, are hard to find of high quality, and I think um, that's where Tom's going to sit probably around that mark. And I don't think clubs would be happy to let him slip out to six where, he, where GWS can just take someone else and Correct. and use a later pick. So yep. I think we'll see him go early. Yep. And that'll put the pressure on GWS and, and of course, they, um, he's worth that. So, um, Well, that's the other thing that they were sort of talking about is that if, if Melbourne go green and GWS want to match it, GWS can pick swap and move themselves back so that they're using lower pick or higher picks, I guess. Yep. Um, and so that they're still able to then maybe get someone else a little bit later in the first round. Yeah, and that whole um, trading of picks is is opening up a whole new ball game of what mm-hmm. even happens on trade day, and that's why it's probably going to be 
harder and more difficult to try and predict top 20s in the future with the way it's going and mm-hmm. um, and the length of the draft. I mean, we're going to start shooting out. It's already creeping into an evening and then the next day. Is it going to continue in this mould? Is it going to get bigger, longer? And these live trade picks are going to mm-hmm. play a very interesting part. But, but for me, he's on talent. He'd be right up there. All right. So we're saying green goes three. GWS is probably going to do something and, and nick it off them. Um, who's the next best after that? I mean, Adelaide have got pick four, but I reckon Melbourne will probably end up having to take another pick. Yeah, potentially. And um, I think both could do, and this is probably where Luke Jackson comes in for me. Um, I oh. think he's going to be in the discussion around this point. <laughs> Mike's not happy. Mike's not happy. <laughs> but I think, um, I think the Crows would, would be potentially looking at someone like a Luke Jackson um, for their ruck stocks with Rory O'Brien um, leading the way next year. So for me, Luke Jackson becomes the interesting one in that that top five. And, and we know there's a lot of good players that, that around that mark and I'm probably selling them a bit short, but I just know the potential of what Luke Jackson could be and I think he can't be um, overlooked. So the D's take him eventually with pick four perhaps – Potentially. Potentially. And then I guess if they did, it leaves uh, Adelaide. But you're sort of saying that Adelaide would probably go with him anyway. um, So who's next best? We've got then uh, Sydney at five. Yeah, look, um, again, I think they'll be in the fight for for, uh, Tom Green. But um, Hayden Young... Uh, rebounding halfback and and for Sydney I know they've got a couple of blokes that, that play a bit of that role but um, I also believe Hayden Young could, could end up as a midfielder um, and then you think of guys like Zach Jones and those sorts of players and Tom Mitchell who's left the club as quality mids in the last few years a kid like a, um, a Hayden Young 188 centimetre left footers they're, they're beautiful to watch he uses it well um, intercept marker um, and his agility run at the testing, I think, was one of the better ones. It was uh, under eight uh, from memory. So I think um, he's a, a, an exciting prospect and, again, um, should be right up there. All right. And then comes GWS, who may have already used this pick. but um, Maybe Adelaide's pick. But, uh, yeah, so... Yep. So, so with that, I think you start talking if you're thinking about their, their loss of their small forward. And I know they've put a little bit of faith in some of their younger players coming through, but the guys like uh, um, Caleb Sarong, um, uh, potentially um, Sam Flanders, um, those sorts of players, those potential small forward type role um, could, could be important picks at that sort of uh, point. So it's sort of hard to, to go I'd go this one or this one, but those are a couple of names that I'd certainly be considering around that point. So we're locking in Sarong? Let's lock him in. At six. He's, he's tough, he's competitive, he's a Victorian country kid. So yeah, so they say he's not the ultra classy, but he's just consistent and Competitive, and yeah. yeah. And I think, um, you know, you're going to get uh, – uh, look, skills is interesting and, and their class, that, that tends to come with time as well, doesn't it? I think um, you're on the elite system, no one does a bad kick, you'll learn. Yep. You'll learn. All right, and then comes the most important pick of the, of the day. Uh, pick seven is the Dockers. <sighs> What's left? <laughs> well, look, I, I think the Dockers need to look at their their home, their home ground stuff. What what's in their backyard? Um, so for me, and, and again, there's again the high quality players is out there. 
But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna land it with Dev Robertson for them. Um, if Liam Henry's uh, still around and, and drifting or or out there, I think Dev Robertson would be a really good pick for for Fremantle. I think that's uh, the way to go. All right, so we've picked up one West Australian. There uh, you go. That's for you, mate. Yeah, just disappointed about the other one, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I was hoping he made it to seven. Um, Melbourne have pick eight. So Brody Kemp. Um, now he's another he's, big boy. Yeah, and he's injured. So again, the he could have been a top three. Um, so one ninety three centimeters. So. Yeah. Big, big, big boy. boy, big, strong, strong body. Um, and just he, he, some players just look like natural footballers. Um, he's one. So for me, Brody Kemp certainly got to be considered. The question mark over the knee, probably not going to have him for 2020. Um, is a club like Melbourne in that so position? So he could be a Max King type yeah. project. Yeah, could be a year out and um, see how he goes from there. So Brody Kemp comes into consideration uh, probably as a possibility for them. All right, and then we move on to Carlton, which is the pick that they got from Adelaide that was um, tracked all year. Uh, what does Carlton need? Oh, this, this is this is the one, isn't it? Oh, it's the one, and it's very. <laughs> and this is then the one they need. And this is where I'm happy that Sam Flanders might still be floating around. Um, he's athletic. He's solid forward mid. Um, he can learn a little bit from a. Um, from a player like Eddie uh, being around him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think a, a forward mid, again, Sam would be in the top ten uh, in considerations. Or the other one is probably uh, the dashing half-back type of the Adam Sard-like um, who's been, he's been like to, Lockie um, Ash. Ash. Yeah, so the, the boy from Vic Country. So he'd be an interesting one for them to consider. Everyone likes a bit of speed off half-back, so... So Flanders, interesting enough, uh, finished in the top 10 of the combine for the standing vertical jump, the running vertical jump, agility, and the yo-yo test. Re- just, uh, you know, we had fun with the beep test back in the day. Just a lazy 21.3 at the uh, the yo-yo test. Yeah, absolutely. So he's going to have balance. Um, he's going to be agile. He's going to have good running capacity, all traits that AFL recruiters look for. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly going to be – if he's there at, at that point, he'd be certainly worth it, as would um, – yeah, the Flanders, Lockie, Lockie Ash are probably the two that I'd be looking around. So at. if you're Carlton, who are you taking? Okay, I'm going to lock in Flanders. Flanders, all right. And there's no chance that they're going for Henry? Look, I <laughs> – <laughs> I won't say no chance. I know what, what Carlton are like. And, um, yeah, and that could be a natural selection for uh, an Eddie Betts uh, type arrangement. So yeah, I know. That's why never I'm, say I'm never. worried about it. Uh, well, I'm hoping they go with Flanders and uh, then pick 10 back to the Dockers. And I think that's when they might be taking their man, your man, Liam Henry. I think. Uh, well, so they're not just going to go, well, we can get him later because we can match later well, on. Where's later on for Fremantle? 22, I think we said. I reckon he'd be gone by then. And that's my concern if they they let him go. And, and again, it, it might come down to a needs thing. And if you're letting him out to 22, that's... Uh, so oh. would they not just take some other bloke, let's say Ash? Say Ash. Uh, and then just if the next guy comes in and goes, well, we'll take Henry and they say, well, we'll match it. Yeah, look, my... Again, the, the WA product and um, and keeping the WA boys here for a lot of clubs like Fremantle, I think if they can get the best homegrown talent 
and lock them away and keep them here, that's going to be better for the club. Um, mm. So for me, I would still – I would be willing to go the, the Liam Henry pick there as, right. as pick 10. I know – I think a club may go earlier that, that and Carlton may be that one that, that pushes them into Mike's that 10. Mike's being greedy here yeah. for yeah. Uh, Freya. So we can get someone, get someone else cheaper. and then get yeah. him as and well. And potentially yeah. that could be the case. I, I do get concerned that he will be maybe between that – nine to 15 marks. So if Carlton want him, he could certainly um, be on their their books. Interesting. All right, well, we'll lock in Henry at 10 uh, for Frio, and that takes us to pick 11. Who's got pick 11? The Hawks have pick 11. So I think with Grant Birchall going, this is where I see maybe Lockie Ash uh, being locked in. Okay. Um, so Is that direct replacement? I think so. I think he's going to provide that half-back drive. Um, he's a run-and-carry type player. He's got the elite run. Yeah, spoke um, about Flanders at the yo-yo. Uh, Ash beat him with 21.4. Well, so a huge go. endurance athlete. Yep, yep. So, And that's that's important. And I think if you've got that coming off half-back, he's going to do it all day. He's going to provide he, – he's not afraid to take on the opposition. And that's a really good trait, that confidence in your ability um, and to find ways through, through pressure situations situations is is pretty important all right and then we get to port's first pick uh one of the ones that they uh got from st kilda yeah look um interesting so they've lost paddy Ryder. um what do they need at this point and and they may be considering a a tall option um a key position player um so so maybe this is where Fisher McCasey might uh, a lot of talk about be this considered. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking? One ninety-seven centimetre, big boy, big boy. Yep. Um, key position, contested marker. Yeah. Look, they're hard to find the contested marker that that um, is the big the big body forward um, potentially that could play that role as a forward ruck, uh, which everyone's looking for those sorts of players. So uh, he could could be one. Um, obviously, uh, the foot, foot st- uh, stress fracture might be uh, a thing to be looked at, but the medicals would be all over that anyway um, with these sorts of players and know what they're getting into. Excellent. Frio's next pick, mate, if uh, his next pick is 58 by looks good after that 22. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with that WA talent. But, yep, Fisher McCasey, a lot of people talking about him. So we're locking him in for Port perhaps at pick 12. Yep, and after that, uh, the Dogs have their first pick that they were very keen to hold on to. Uh, didn't want to let go of that one as part of the Bruce or uh, Keith deals that they got done. Yeah, look, um, here's another one that's going to be around that mark, and it's a Josh Worrell. Um, intercept defender, um, good overhead mark. Uh, can lock down as a defender as well. So I think you, you sort of start thinking, well, what do they need? What's going to best fit? Um you know, then it releases some of those creative running halfbacks like a Johannesson can stay more up the mm. ground and use his creative run as an outside mid. Another big hit at 195 centimetres, so yeah. another tall. Yeah. So, and that's why he can be that lockdown as well as that. He's got the athletic traits that suggest he can also, um, you know, possibly provide a, a, a little bit more than just that lockdown defender. All right, and then we get to Geelong, one of the picks they received as part of the Tim Kelly deal at 14. So this is where I go to Dylan Stevens, uh, who's the two-kilometre 
King from the, the draft, very good elite runner, and he's a left foot uh, wingman. So I think if if Kelly's that sort of 50-50 mid, bit inside, outside, you, you could get a replacement in someone like a Dylan uh, Stevens uh, fulfilling that role for them. All right, and then uh, Gold Coast have an, uh, another pick. Jeez, they're 15. greedy. Um, so uh, what are they going to get? They could probably well, do with everything. But um, So if, if Jack Martin goes um, and you're looking at, at what – what they might need or could do with. They've got some pretty good tools coming through. They've got their mids. Um, down back, you could start to look, what do they need down back or... Well, uh, Collins comes forward. back and then they've got... Yeah, um, so they might be okay. Mm. So maybe the small forward for, for a Jack Martin. So for me, I, I think Cody Waitman might come into to play, the Vic Country kid. Um, just his goal now, he's, he's a powerful player. He's um, explosive. And um, at you know, one seventy eight, he plays the role of that small forward, and I think that's um, what clubs are looking for those sorts of players and and guys who have got that natural goal sense, that just know how to kick a goal when it's needed. He's that sort of player. Yeah, um, really athletic. You talked about his explosiveness, so uh, he was one of the better performers in the the standing vertical jump and. Um Loves to fly for his marks. So, yeah. so that that's important as a small forward. You're not not going to be afraid to pop the footy up, and and you're not going to see him. I mean, you think of blokes like Liam Ryan who jump for the footy, and then they're not the tallest guys in the world, but they jump. And if you've got that advantage, you, you've got another string to your bow that's pretty um, pretty important. So, can be a bonus. All right. So Cody Waitman is gone, and that brings us to Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane, okay, so I like, see this is where I like um, Trent Bianco. Now, Trent Bianco, he's got elite foot skills um, and he's footy at underage level um, for Oakley uh, and then actually in the grand final he would have had a fair amount of footy around. I'm not sure what the stats don't have, and maybe around 30 disposals in the grand final uh, for the Oakley Chargers. Um, and and the thing is, you can rack up the footy, but if you can't use it, um, that's a problem. But he's a good decision maker and an elite by. And he was their skipper, I think. So obviously, the leadership quality is there. Yep. And and Brisbane again. Um, We've got Gold Coast, are we? Who are we? Brisbane. Brisbane, Brisbane. yeah. So Brisbane can do with um, high-quality young kids coming through. They've got the right culture. I think he's a good fit for where they're at as a club. And, and again, I think Brisbane are going to be a threat this year. And um, they've got the right people at the top in Fagan and Noble. So uh, positive things coming for, um, for Brisbane if they can get Trent Bianco. All right. And then we get to Geelong. They're third – well, they're – actual pick that they they already had so i've gone 17 yeah look i'm looking at um will uh gould so if we just uh go a little bit about him he's a um a mature body yep mature body and and i think um it's 106 kegs yeah there you go he's a big boy and if you uh if you look at the picture of him he's a he's a big Big lad. And um, look, he's had experience at senior level playing in a premiership for Glenelg. So what you're going to get is a kid. Ready to go. Ready to go. He's big. He's played against the men. He's won a premiership. So you think about the pressure on grand final day, we've got a kid ready to, to step up to AFL level. So, so it'd be interesting to see just on an, as a side note, if because uh, I think we picked 17. Is that where we're at? 
Yep. I think Port have the next pick. So perhaps if he's still there, um, Port will snap him up because, I mean, Geelong have just bought in Jenkins and they've got Jenkins and Hawkins, but Hawkins is, what, 31 now? So, yeah, interesting prospect, a bloke that looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, and I think that's the exciting thing about a lot of these kids. If they're getting experience, and in South Australia, it's often the way the kids do do get games um, over there. So, look, I'd, I'd be pretty uh, happy as a Geelong um, uh, as a club to, to get a Will Gould at that sort of pick. All right, and then we've got Port's second pick, pick 18, and there's still a few few names floating around. Yeah, look, it's interesting. Um, you know, I mean, where, where do we go here? I think Jackson Mead's going to be an interesting one as a father-son, but I d- they'll get him later in the in the draft. So I wouldn't, wouldn't worry too much about... Um, Jackson Mead at that point, but they'll probably be able to get him later. I don't think any clubs will will go him. Finn McGuinness um, is an interesting one. He's the Hawthorne um, son of Scott McGuinness, um, premiership player, I believe, back in the day. So, so Finn, um, his running capacity is uh, obviously a big strength. And again, um, you know, he's, he's a good size. Um, Smashed the combine with the the two k time trial, five minutes fifty one. Yep. If you don't mind, so you've got got a good running kid there you've got uh, good agility coming through um he's quick so you know put all that together and he'll know about what afl takes he's got a father who's been there done that so i think um i think he's certainly well in the mix and the hawks will be interesting um, to see if the hawks take him with their first pick or if he'll get out to this pick 18 yeah which will be interesting so he's he's definitely probably even rocketing up the list and we may have him out yeah he he may have to come in to calculations. Yeah, well, I think Hawks' first pick is 11. I don't think he's going there. Hawks' next pick is 30. Yeah. So I think that they'd be happy for him to go somewhere between 11 and 30 and yeah. just take, and I think just that's right. It. I think yep. that's where it, where it will be for him. Um, although, you know, clubs get spooked by results at, um, <laughs> at, uh, at combines. So a, a good result there. Clubs will start thinking, oh, do we, re- do we force their hand? Mm. But... Well, time will tell. All right. So uh, that was Port. Uh, they may not end up with uh, McGuinness, but uh, he's gone either way. Uh, the next pick is Richmond. Okay. Well, they're pretty lucky and fortunate to be able to, to pick whatever they want here. A fit for Richmond. Now, so I'm best gonna, available. Or what? Yeah, look, for me at this point, it is still probably best available. But I'm going to put the WA hat on here. And uh, just from a selfish West Australian perspective. <laughs> Good, we're fine with that. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's probably Trent Rivers is the sort of player that I would be um, liking to see in the top 20 at that back end. He, he might get out towards the 30s, but look, for me, Trent uh, Trent Rivers is certainly one that I will um, consider uh, as a pick for, for Richmond. Um yeah, that that composure. He will he will transfer to AFL, no problems. Yeah, um, he, um, he had a great carnival, averaging averaging twenty two touches at almost eighty percent. So he yeah. used the ball well. Yeah, and we're talking off half back, and and that's amazing at that level. The mm. midfielders are lucky if they average those. Well, your half positions. back is almost your most important position on the ground these days. You yep. look at your, your top sides and the the blokes they've got using the ball off half back. Yeah, like uh, Richmond with your Basher Hawley, West Coast with your Shannon Hearn. Um, you know, really important position. If Richmond could lock away, because Hooley's 
30 plus, I yeah, believe. Correct, yeah. So potentially someone to fill the void there for the Tigers. Yeah, and, and just the defensive attributes he's got as well. He's a very reliable defender, um, which will yeah, certainly shore up things back there for the Tigers. All right, and that's probably the end of the first round, but uh, we'll just have a look at the next couple because we're going to do a top 20. Um Gold Coast have uh, the next pick. It's in the next priority pick, first of round two. So there's a few guys still left. Uh, what about someone like Miles Bergman? Yeah, interesting. He's probably been a, a late bloomer in amongst um, amongst calculations. Um, gets a lot of the footy. So that's always a good sign if you can get the footy and, and you can probably play as that bit of a outside mid um, can push forward. Um, I know he's had a few troubles with um, with injury. Is it uh, shin splints? So again, that that may be something which clubs are, are thinking. Well, is this going to be a recurrent problem for them? Is it something that we can deal with? So for me, look, he's certainly um, going to be considered draftable. Um, where he fits will be interesting. So, um, yeah, the fact he finds a lot of ball uh, will we'll put him in calculations for clubs, definitely, within that top 30 anyway. So do you think the fact that, um, you know, uh, the Suns, because this is a Gold Coast pick, am I right? So they've got Raul and Anderson. Is he, I'm pretty sure he might be a teammate of theirs. Um, uh, Bergman, am I right? Yes. So do you reckon uh, keeping players together who know each other? I mean, we know Raul and Anderson are best mates. Yep. Uh, do you reckon that would be part of the, the thinking? Yeah, look, it's probably certainly going to come into play because the go-home factor is, is big for clubs. Um, some clubs will just back themselves in. Gold Coast, you know, it's just been a bit of a leak, hasn't it, over the years. They just seem to be not, not being able to hold on to their talent. So the fact that they're prepared to maybe bring mates up, it, it may play on as part of the, the, the deal and their thinking to go, well, maybe he, he could come along. Um yeah, so it does. I think the go-home factor, though, is, is a bit of an issue for clubs. And how many do you take in a draft that yeah. aren't from up, up that way or country-type kids? Um, you know, sometimes the country kids transfer better compared to a metropolitan kid. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've boarded, they've lived away from home. So there's a lot of factors that go in yep. into that. So, so that's our top 20. Now we'll put that up on the And it's probably the completely wrong. <laughs> is there anyone who's, who's, who you wanted to give a special mention to who you think is unlucky and probably missed out that you've, you've got on your list there? Ruffy. A Ruffy. Oh, a Ruffy. Um, well, not, uh, there's, there's a couple of WA boys. I will mention again that uh, um, Jeremy Sharp and, and Elijah Taylor are certainly two um, that are very exciting um, players and prospects. Um, Elijah Taylor could be anything. Um, so for him, I, I, I don't know where he fits in amongst things. His, his quality as a player um, puts him in the top 20. But there's some other things that, that Elijah needs to work on outside of footy and things need to fall into place for him. And you know, the beauty of football is clubs can do that. Uh, Richmond showed that with Sydney Stack, with uh, Marlon Pickett. They open their arms, trust their system and back themselves in. So um, certainly an interesting one. And look, my big smoky, Callum Jamison, who I mentioned earlier from WA, I, I really like this kid. So he's the Ruckman. He's the Ruckman from Claremont, blonde kid. I want good pedigree at the Tigers. Correct, yeah. You'd be happy with that one. But I'm a look at 19 years of age. Uh, he was a mature age or 
for the under-18s program. He was a top ager. So that'll be a specific need. So a club who thinks we need a ruckman may yep. go for him before – you know, one of the plethora of midfielders. Yeah, or whatnot, and there. look, he's, he's pretty raw, so you've got to forecast the future sometimes, and, and that's a bit of a risk. So where are you prepared to take that risk with a Callum Jamison? And I just really think clubs need to consider what he's got to offer. He, he can be a marking uh, forward. Uh, he's got, got to learn that a little bit more, but there, there's been little signs during the year that he can push forward and become a marking tower. So this would be interesting because in, in many of the uh – the Victorian list. He doesn't figure, so this could be Lombardi's big, special big smoky. I've been a big fan of his uh, all year, and I've just been impressed. Every step he takes has been better and better each time, and the fact he stepped up onto the big stage, uh, the last game at, at, at Marvel Stadium, and some of the things he did will excite recruiters. So I think he's a bit of a smoky out there. I'm excited anyway, Mike, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think maybe uh, someone like Geelong got picked 24, and then uh, they've uh, picked 36. GWS has picked 40. Maybe they've got some ruck needs. Maybe that's where he sort of yeah, they I, think about it. Yep, I think that's a, a really good call. And the big boys do take a bit of time and I think they know that um, he's raw and he will take a bit of development. So uh, put him under a, a, a Giants person like a Sam Jacobs, you're going to get rewards. So put him in a, in a club, sit him there for a year. Um, watch him develop, and I think there's something exciting brewing in Callum Jamison. There you go. There we go. You heard it here first. Um, so, right, there, there you have it, our top 20 for this draft coming up. Um, Silver, it's been a pleasure having you on the on the show. Oh, gentlemen, it's been uh, wonderful to come and talk footy for a, a couple of uh, couple of periods. So thank you very much, and uh, all the best for um, for Christmas, gentlemen. Yes, and uh, um yeah, we thank you that those are listening. This will be our last um, show before Christmas. Am I right, Mike? <laughs> uh, maybe. I have no idea. We'll see what else happens. Maybe we'll do a recap of the draft or something. Who knows? Special shout-out. Mike probably doesn't want me to do this, but special shout-out. New father, Mike, over the other side of the bar there. So big time for you. So maybe maybe, yes. maybe we'll put down the microphone for a little bit. We might do. Maybe we'll do a New Year's Day special. <laughs> maybe. maybe. So thanks wherever you're listening and uh, to our, our two-episode draft special. It's been fun bringing it to you and, and the talent that we've, we've had on the last couple of weeks for you. And, uh, yeah, we, we now play the waiting game ready for uh, Big 2020. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.